0: Hello and welcome to the second Yumi and IP podcast brought to you by Northern's Media PR Marketing and Limited. We are the publishers of the Global IP Matrix magazine and the Women's IP World Annual. I'm your host, Carlos Northen. I'm the founder and CEO of Northern's Media, based out of London, United Kingdom. I'm delighted to introduce my guest, Mr. Vladimir Biryulin, the head of the legal department at Gorodisky and Partners Russia. Vladimir is head of special projects at Gorodisky and Partners and has been working in the industry since 1973 and joined Gorodisky and Partners in 1999. Today, Vladimir heads specially complicated cases connected to the protection of IP rights, which requires his deep professional knowledge and wide experience. In addition, he is the president of the Russian National Group of AIPPI, the International Association for Protection of Intellectual Property, Vladimir often speaks at Russian and international events on various issues of industrial property design and regularly publishes in the Global IP Matrix magazine, writes a Russian column in the Managing Intellectual Property magazine and others. He also participates in the development of legislative acts of the Russian Federation in the field of IP. Hello and welcome to the show, Vladimir. It's a pleasure to have you on today. How do you do, Kairos? Thank you for inviting me for a
1: chat with you in these difficult COVID times. In any case, in any case, I miss face to face meeting, you know, distant discussions are a feeble substitution of personal meetings.
0: Yeah, um, these are, uh, but we have to do what we have to do at the moment, Vladimir, as you can imagine, there's not uh, many events or conferences going on at the moment, which is a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a, a bad sign for us at the moment, but, you know, things are starting to get better. Um, anyway, Vladimir, let's get straight into it. Tell us a bit about your background and how you got into the uh, area of uh, intellectual property.
1: After I graduated from the university 100 years ago or so, <laughs> you know I'm 75 already and still talking about, <laughs> I was commissioned to India to work as an English interpreter. When I came back, I found myself at the crossroads without knowing what to do. One sunny day, I passed by the USSR Chamber of Commerce and Industry and dropped in. I thought there would be some vacancy in connection with international relations because I spoke a bit of English, which I do also now. There was a slot at a lower level, a department for patenting inventions. It was all the same for me, so I had to be enrolled somewhere. So I joined them, and that was in 1973, and I stuck there
0: for many years until now. Okay, amazing. I mean, Gorodisky & Partners is, uh, well, the biggest and most recognized law firm in Russia. Um, What made you move, um, uh, what made you actually make the move to work for the law firm back in 99? And um, what was you doing before you joined um, Gorodisky & Partners?
1: Before I joined Gorodisky & Partners, I worked at uh, IP law firm under the uh, Chamber of Commerce and Industry. After the collapse of the USSR, a new law firm, Gordisk and Partners, was organized. The firm was new, but the people were the same. In fact, that was a change of identity, nothing else. And since then, I'm with Gordisk and Partners and intellectual, intellectual property became my way of life. So the fate had it uh, that I should stick with IP for my life.
0: Okay, amazing. Amazing. I mean, we have a great relationship with um, you guys, Gorodiskin Partners, and um, you you, you have also contributed um, very interesting content to our magazine, The Global IP Matrix, including your latest installment, um, the uh, Eurasian Patent Office, the new convenience. Can you tell us a bit about this article and why you chose this topic?
1: Uh, you know the Eurasian Patent Office was set up years ago to an extent it resembles the European Patent Office, mm-hmm. but is more modest in its scope and size in, t- in its scope and size. It issues unitary patents for inventions in eight countries from its inception it, it dealt with invention patents, but as time went on, they thought it would be convenient to expand their activities to registration of designs. The initial idea was followed by extensive diplomatic efforts, international talks, and contacts with WIPO. Mm-hmm. Finally, all formalities were completed, and now the Eurasian Patent Office is bracing, uh, has uh, begun to receive design applications. This is a very important development in the activities of the Eurasian Patent Office. It also may be interesting for applicants in many countries who would like to have one patent in eight countries in, instead of eight
0: patents. Okay, I mean, when did the Eurasian Patent Office um, start to receive these applications, um, uh, Vladimir? Uh,
1: you know, it was a delay to some extent, but it uh, started to receive design applications from the first of June this month, and there have been filed already several design applications, as far as I know.
0: Yeah, I was going to say there's probably been an influx of um, applications um, since this has come into play, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, um, will obtaining a Eurasian patent um, be cheaper than obtaining, say, eight national um, design patents?
1: You know, if we talk about designs, we do not we do not talk about eight countries because so far only five countries uh, completed all formalities for being able uh, to uh, to to receive uh, patent applications for designs. Mm-hmm. These are Azerbaijan, Armenia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Russia. Okay. Belarus, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan have not yet completed all the formalities. Therefore, the applications filed with the Eurasian Patent Office will not cover uh, these three countries. We are expecting that they will complete the formalities we, in the near future, but we never, pre- uh, never may predict when it will happen.
0: Okay. You've listed five countries, members of the Eurasian Patent Organization, that have signed the yes. Protocol on the Protection of Industrial Design. Um, that was some time ago. Are there any new developments in the process?
1: No. We expect that they will uh, send the in, uh, joining instruments to the WIPO in the near future, but we we can never tell when it will happen. Perhaps, perhaps this year. Maybe we'll, we'll keep
0: we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And um, over the last few years, we've received amazing content from your colleague Anton Melkinov and Valerie Medvedev, and mainly by yourself, Vladimir, um, in our publication. Can you tell me why it is important to continue to share your knowledge um, with publications like the Global IP Matrix, and how this has benefited you and Gorodysky and partners?
1: Uh, You know, from experience, we know that people have little knowledge of what is going on in IP field in Russia. We publish Mm -hmm. our informative materials in IP matrix and other media. Mm -hmm. We monitor the number of reads and we see that people are interested in our publications. Mm -hmm. We also have feedback from our readers and we are, and we gladly share all information that we have about Russian IP.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I mean, I hope we get uh, many more um, uh, uh, installments from yourself in the future. I mean, we have already have a great relationship with you guys um, and have been working with you for quite a few years now. Excuse me, I just wanted to add that I like writing
1: and it is a very good
0: exercise for the brain. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. And, and, a, and a magnificent brain you have, um, Vladimir. So, um, you know, we hope you continue to use that brain and, and um, contribute to our yes. publication. It's better seen from the outside than from inside of me. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, Vladimir, a little bird tells me that you're a, a collector of vintage cars. Is that correct? Yes, this is correct. This is somewhat outside intellectual property. But since
1: you asked this question... I can say that I became interested in cars much earlier than in IP. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so how long have you been collecting for? As I said, I'm 75 already. In, oh, wow. in 1959, I was 14 years old. Russia and the USA exchanged expositions in their respective countries. The Americans brought to Moscow many things that they could boast of, also uh-huh. their cars. There were brands that we know nowadays, as well as those that are, they, that are not in the limelight today, such as DeSoto and others. Among those cars, there was a car by General Motors Impala, which is the name of an African antelope. Uh-huh. The year 1959 was an apex of airstyle in the automotive industry. Right. So many American cars had tail fins. Impala had, a, had horizontal wings on the backside which made it look like a bird. Oh, wow. As a youngster, I could not dream of that car at that time, but I carried that dream through all my life. And yeah. when I started traveling to US, I made first acquaintance, and then I became friends with Jace Holman, a US trademark attorney. I asked him to find an Impala and send it to Russia, which he did in 2014. I enjoyed it for a year, then the fate had it, so that the taxi driver went on the red light and I crashed into him at the speed of 40, <laughs> oh, 40 <God>. MPH. <laughs> oh, dear. The car suffered badly. I could not afford losing it and it took me four and a half years to repair it. Oh, well. Body, body parts had to be found in the US junkyards, which was not easy, as you may understand. Now now I finished uh, its repairs and uh, will use it uh, throughout the summer. And aside from that, uh, which I also appreciate very much, I have uh, received from the American Collector's Insurance Company a certificate of collectability for my employees. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> wow. So um, you must have done some really good work and and it must have been the most expensive crash you've ever done in your life as well. Yes, exactly.
1: But I also have a Cadillac Coupe de Ville of 1959 and a Cadillac Eldorado convertible of 1966. I love them all. They all are
0: like my children. Oh, wow. So, um, I mean, in your time working in intellectual property law, I'm assuming that you've worked with car companies with regards to possibly patent design and stuff. Yes, yes. Fantastic, fantastic. Look, um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, Before we end the show, um, um, I just wanted to uh, say that all the team at Northlands Media PR, Martin Limited, in particular myself, um, I would like to express our sincere condolences to the family and friends of um, your colleague, Miss Natalia Rozuk from your law firm who sadly passed away last year. Um, She was an amazing character and personality and that will be sadly missed by us all. Um, You know, if it wasn't for Natalia, we would not be working with Gorodisky & Partners. Um, She has been instrumental in the success of our publication and um, with bringing us together. So, um, you know, we just wanted to pass on them condolences to you guys. Oh, thank you. I also may
1: confirm that Natalia was my colleague and friend for many years and we all miss her. Uh, Unfortunately, well, it can happen to anybody.
0: Of course, it sadly, Miss. I mean, I lost my father last year um, uh-huh. in October. Um, you know, we are still grieving that. But I, I understand. I, I can feel your pain. Yes. So we're going to finish the show now. I would like to thank my guest, Mr. Vladimir Biryulin, for taking the time out to speak with me today. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed the second episode of You Me and IP, brought to you by myself, Carlos Northen, on behalf of Northern's Media PR and Marks Unlimited and the Global IP Matrix Magazine. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Okay, thank you. And again,
1: I thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast.
0: It's our pleasure. Thank you very much, thank Vladimir. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank
1: you. Goodbye. Goodbye.